Hey, what is going on, everybody? Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to episode 98 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. A couple things before we get to the OTC Player of the Week. Got to throw a big congrats to Coach Patty Gasso and the Oklahoma Sooners, who captured their second consecutive Women's College World Series on Thursday. The Sooners had a season for the ages, and it's safe to say they'll go down as one of the best, if not the best, teams in NCAA history. How are these for some numbers? They had a 59-3 record, which included 41 run rule victories, 33 shutouts, 8 no-hitters. They held opponents to one run or fewer 49 times and hitting home runs in 56 of 62 games. That, that's just ridiculous. And with the return of the likes of Jordy Bob, Thierry Jennings, Kinsey Hansen, Nicole May, Jada Coleman, etc., etc., I'd expect Oklahoma to be a force again next season. I mean, that's just my guess anyway. Uh, speaking of next season, those who don't want to wait to watch any until then have the luxury of checking out Athletes Unlimited AUX League, which begins today in San Diego, along with the WPF that starts on Tuesday in Shawnee, Kansas, and of course the Florida Gulf Coast League that begins on Thursday in Bradenton, Florida. Lots of former guests of the show competing in these leagues, so be sure to check them out. Now on to this week's OTC Player of the Week, and we're heading to Arizona as Kennedy Trillo takes home the weekly honors. Kennedy hit 625 with a triple, three home runs, five RBIs, and seven runs scored as she competed at the 4360AZ PCFL Summer Qualifier. Awesome job, Kennedy. Best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with Arizona State University alum and current head coach at Vanguard University, Amber Freeman. Amber had an absolute excellent career with the Sun Devils. Her skills as a catcher made her a steady force behind the Sun Devils plate from 2012 to 2015. She was a three-time All-American 2013 Pac-12 Player of the Year. Amber ranks fourth in ASU career history with 56 home runs and fifth all-time in career RBI with 197, as well as fifth in ASU history with 46 career doubles. She became just the third player in ASU history to earn both first-team All-American and first-team academic All-American designations. Amber would also play professional with the USSA Pride in the MPF and was a member of the U.S. national team as well. We're going to talk to Amber about getting her start in the game, the huge role her dad played in her development, her time with the Sun Devils, and of course, Amber Freeman softball, which she runs to this day. Amber was an absolute treat to chat with, and I know you're all going to love this episode. So with that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm Lights, camera, action, it's on I can't describe what I'm feeling Ain't never felt this freedom I've got the world in my palm Lights, camera, action, it's on Ain't never felt this freedom Could you, could you say that anything goes Amber, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. How's things going out in Cali today? Uh, things are good. Um, just, you know, college season's done. So I was in the office a little bit today and then I was at my facility doing some lessons. So just staying busy this summer. Right on, right on. So h- how'd the season go anyway? We had a really great year. Um, we 
we came in second in conference, came in second in the conference tournament. Um, but from where the program was when I got it to today, um, those are huge wins. So we had a really great season. We were on the bubble to be in postseason. So that was kind of a bummer, but I'm just really proud of the growth in, within the program in the last three years. Right on, right on. So that, that your conference championship, what uh, what's after that? Like that's NAIA, correct? Yes, NAIA. Yep. So there's um, they have a national tournament just like NCAA. So they have it's what's different is they only have two rounds essentially. So they have a regionals like NCAA, mm-hmm. and then it goes straight to the World Series. So only forty teams go um, instead of the sixty four, I believe it is for NCAA. So we were the forty first team this year. So when oh. I say on the bubble, we were really on the bubble. We were in um, until there was an upset in another conference across the country. So. Um, yeah, it's a little bit different setup um, in the NAIA. Right on. Now, now during the regular regular season play, like all of your, would you play all teams based along the West Coast? Uh, yes. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty tough to travel um, just right, with budgeting right. and things like that. So mm-hmm. we try to make the most of it. We go to NorCal. Um, we go to Arizona, but that's kind of the extent of our travel, which is unfortunate because there are a lot of great teams on the the east coast and the midwest but we aren't able to travel out there to play them right on right on well amber we have a little thing uh i like to start the podcast with uh i know we've already talked for about two minutes but hey (laughs) (laughs) a little chitter chatter doesn't doesn't hurt uh i call it quick pitches i'm gonna throw out some uh some random questions to you you uh okay you answer them as best you can (laughs) okay uh first one if you had to live off one meal for a week what is it Ooh, cheeseburger. Oh, nice. Can't go wrong with a cheeseburger. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, next one. Biggest thing you miss at Arizona State? Oh, my teammates. Um, I miss my teammates. I miss the grind. I miss just being a student athlete. That is that is definitely what I miss. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would it be? Oh, um... Gosh, what is that place where the the hotels like on the water and you can swim? What is that called? Oh, oh my god! I don't know about that one. <laughs> what is that called? Oh my gosh! Okay, I can't think of it right now. I'm gonna say Greece or Italy. Oh, because I can't think of the name. Italy is number one on my bucket list for <laughs> sure, 100. Oh. percent Um, toughest pitcher you have. Oh, to- oh, oh okay, my- there we go. You got Bora, it. Bora. Bora. Oh yes, okay, okay, <laughs> good choice. Uh. Toughest pitcher you had to face in your career? Oh my gosh, Blair Luna from Texas. She had my number. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, your go-to show to watch growing up? To watch growing up? Huh. <laughs> Gossip Girl. <laughs> That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> you know what's sad? I, I watched it too, so I can't. <laughs> well, Blair and... Uh, y- yes, Serena. Oh, Serena, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your best walk-up song? Ooh. Bring Them Out by T.I. Okay. Good jam. <laughs> uh, two more here. Uh, with one being bad and ten amazing, how would you rate your karaoke skills? Honestly, I'm a pretty good singer. I give myself I give myself a seven. Nice. All right. <laughs> I've asked that I've asked that question to a couple couple of people that I've had on, and I'm usually between one and four with the oh, answer. Okay. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a I'm a decent singer. Nice. All right. All right. Uh, last one. Uh, best thing about becoming the coach. 
just making it, being able to make a direct impact on young women every single day. Um, that's my favorite part of coaching. It's not even the softball part. It's more of the life part and just being able to help them grow and, you know, teach them life lessons along the way. Excellent. That's my favorite part. Excellent. Good answer. All right. Uh, as with every, uh, guest that we have on, uh, we like to ask, uh, tell us how you got your start the game. Oh, wow. Um, so my dad, um, he was a football guy, played a little bit of baseball in high school, but didn't really know anything about softball. And I grew up in Lakewood, California, and it's a big sports town. And one day he was just driving by the local rec league and um, he was like, hmm, I wonder what softball is. Pulled over, was asking people about softball, what it was, found out it was for girls. And he just signed me up and I started playing when I was five years old, just on my dad driving down the street. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly yeah. pulled over? Was that? Yeah. It was like, oh, there's a lot of people over there. What's going on over there? And just pulled over and saw and was asking questions like, oh, this is what softball is. It's for girls. And I have a daughter who's young. I want to get her into sports. Boom. Let's do it. That's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank God for my dad. Yeah, yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, so like where, like that first team you joined, what, uh, who was that with? It was a rec ball team. So I played, I started playing minis is what they called it. So okay. it was like all five-year-olds and it was a mess and we couldn't catch, we couldn't do anything. So it was just a very, you know, uh, hitting off the tee. So very, very small kids trying to learn how to play softball. Okay. Okay. Did you have love for it right away or the, you know, that I did. did I did. I loved it right away. Um, and it was something I was good at fairly quickly. Like one thing my dad noticed was I was one of the only players I could catch. And so they put me at first base. So, uh, that's when he knew he was like, Oh wow. You know, she's kind of got a talent for this, you know, like let's stick with it. So that was kind of the sign of like, Hmm, maybe this is something we should pursue. Yeah, absolutely. So when did catching come into play? Not until I was 11. Um, I was actually a pitcher. I feel like everyone starts off as a pitcher. Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> I was a, I was a, you know, at that point I was playing travel ball and I was a, I was a decent pitcher. And, um, but then we quickly figured out I could hit and, um, my dad was like, hmm, uh, yeah, you're not a pitcher, you're a hitter. So we're going to have to find a position for you. So, um, I actually had hip surgery when I was 11 and when I came back, I don't know why we decided catching was the deal, but I just put on some gear and just learned at 11. So yeah, it was interesting. Wow. I, I was going to touch on that, on hip surgery at 11. What, mm -hmm. uh, what happened there? Um, my doctor said it was genetic. So over time, um, my femur, there's like a ball at the top of your femur. I don't know the scientific term to this day, but it gradually slipped out over the course of a year. Um, no doctors could figure out what was going on with me. I just kept complaining of pain in my, my, um, my quad, mm -hmm. I guess that's when you have hip, um, a hip injury, your pain shows in your quad. So a lot of doctors just looking at my leg, not figuring anything out. And then finally, after like the 10th doctor, he was like, you know what, let's x-ray your hip. Let's see what's going on. And, and sure enough, my hip was completely out of the socket and I had still been playing. What? And yes, I was still playing on the injury because no one could figure it out. Um, and I was, I remember being in a lot of pain and just kind of getting frustrated as to what's going on with me, but finally someone figured it out. So it was pretty crazy. It got to a point where I could barely walk without limping really, really bad. So yeah, it got pretty bad. Wow. How long was the rehab? Um, I, I missed a year of softball, so I had surgery, um, and then they put a three-inch titanium screw in my my left hip, 
and it's still there to this day and it'll be in there forever. Um, so yeah, I still have a pin in there and I missed a year of softball then jumped right back in it. And you, and you were a catcher. <laughs> yeah. And I just, you know, I was talking to my dad like a couple years ago. I'm like, dad, like what made us think that that was a good idea after coming off the hip surgery? Like, yeah, let's throw you in a squat. You know, that's, that's, exactly. a good, a good idea, you know, so, um, yeah, it was my story. Now I'm talking about, it, I'm like, dang, that's kind of strange, but yeah, I don't know how we came up with catcher, but we did. That's <laughs> unreal. That's unreal. Now I, you've mentioned your dad quite a bit already. How, how big a role did your parents play in your pr- progress growing up? Oh my gosh. You know, it's funny. I was just on the phone with my dad. My dad is my best friend. Um, nice. If anybody knows me, they know I'm the biggest daddy's girl. Like we, we are attached at the hip to this day. Um, I'm very close to my mom as well. Obviously I'm close to both of them, but my dad and I had that special bond just from sports and just kind of grinding it out. And, um, my mom really pushed me in the classroom and I just really credit all of my success in the classroom to like what she, um, instilled in me as a kid, you know? And so with all my, my parents, I, I don't know where I'd be without them. Even today, even, you know, as I'm turning 29, they are my best friends. And I just, I'm so grateful for them because they pushed me really hard. And now looking back, like I'm so thankful they did because I became what I became because of what they taught me early on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope my six-year-old daughter says I'm, <laughs> I'm her best friend when she's 29. <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> she will. I hope. Oh, that's great. Um, so Tell us about the recruiting process. What, uh, what led to the decision to attend Arizona state? Oh, um, well, when I was getting recruited, everything was done so early. So I started playing 18 gold when I was in seventh grade. Um, so I was playing with like seniors and juniors in high school at like, I don't know, how old are you in seventh grade? Like 13. Um, so Yes. I remember just colleges being out there all the time and it kind of being the norm. And, um, growing up, I was a diehard Bruin. Like I was the bat girl. I was, I would tell people I'm going to UCLA. That's the only place I want to go. I want to be a Bruin so bad. And then, um, one thing for me also was I wanted to stay close to home. So that was like a non-negotiable for me. So mm-hmm. like I said, I'm in my family. I wanted my parents to be able to come see me whenever they wanted and to be at my games and, um, so I narrowed it down to UCLA and Arizona state. And, um, what's funny is ASU sent me a camp invitation and my mom forced me to go. I was kicking and screaming as we were getting in the car to drive to Tempe. And I kept telling her, I'm not going to Arizona state. I don't want to go. I don't even, I've never heard of this team. Like I'm not going here. And sure enough, go to the camp, fall in love with it. Loved it so much. Fell in love with the coaches, the the current players and, you know, everything they stood for and, you know, had my visit to UCLA and, I picked ASU. (laughs) It was like very, very shocking to everybody. And even till the day that I committed, my mom was like, are you sure? Like, you know, you've been talking about UCLA since you were nine. Like, are you sure? And I was like, no, mom, ASU is home. This is where I want to be. So that's awesome. Yeah. I I chose ASU. (laughs) Well, it's, it's amazing how many uh, athletes I've talked to on here and, and, you know, they say they take that visit and the school that they actually go to is they knew at that moment when they went. 100%. 100%. I, I truly believe in that. You can feel it immediately when you step on campus. It just, it's cliche and kind of corny, but mm. it feels like home. You know, you yeah. know, you're like, okay, this is where I want to be. Like, these are the people I want to be around on my worst day. And and that, that was the feeling that I got when I stepped on that campus. That's awesome. Wait, I got to circle back though to uh, UCLA Batgirl. You were Batgirl yeah. for UCLA? I was. What? And, um, <laughs> I was in there with Sue Enquist and Natasha Watley, Taraya. 
Mims, now try Mims Flowers. Like they, um, they inspired me to even play the game and I was going to touch on them later, but I I still am in close contact with them. We still are great friends and, you know, they called me their little sister growing when I was growing up and they kind of took me under their wing. And, you know, what was really special about that for me was that they looked like me in a sense of they were also African-American. And, you know, that meant a lot to me because it kind of was like, okay, Amber, like there are people that are Olympians and people playing in the college world series and people on TV that look like you, like you can totally do this. And so I tell them all the time that they, they changed my life and they kind of, they showed me that I could do it and that I was fully capable of doing so. And so they, they were kind of like my inspiration aside from my family, like Mm. my inspiration and pursuing, you know, college softball and national team and all that stuff. That's awesome. I love little uh, nugget stories like that, that, you know, yeah. <laughs> like when I, I, I dive into my research when I do it, but like, you know, getting little stuff like that. I love that stuff. Yes. yes. <laughs> so uh, actually before you got to, before you went to Arizona state, you were with the U S junior national team, were you not? Yes, I was. Yeah. So um, I played for the na- junior national team. Uh, my junior, we tried out our junior year of high school, played in some tournaments our senior year, and then I actually played during my freshman year as well cool. during um, winter break. So, uh, yeah, my first experience with international ball was with the junior national team. That must have been pretty cool, eh? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of, of that team. Like, if I could, when I name these people, it's like, what a dream team we had, you know? And mm. It was, it was such a great experience just to, you know, go to other countries and, you know, just for me, it, it was just eye-opening to see, like, we're so blessed here and we're not even fully aware of like all that we have. And that was one of my biggest takeaways from playing for the team USA was Mm. how blessed we are. Yeah, no doubt. Like, yeah, I've talked to a number of people on here that, you know, that have played for, you know, team Canada, team us, team Australia, team New Zealand, all that. And they, they say the same thing. Like they've gone to tournaments in South Africa and, and places like that. And they're like, you have no idea how lucky we are to to, honestly, Yes. Yeah. Yes. 100%. We went to South Africa and I like, I gave away all my equipment to, you know, other teams and other players because I'm like, I have so much, mm. like, you know, I want to share. So like, I have a girl that played or she played for, I believe Germany, I think. And she sent me like a Facebook message. Like she still had the cleats that I gave her. Wow. And that was like, yeah. And I, gosh, I was 18 and now I'm turning 29. So 11 years ago, you know, she still has the cleats that I gave her and it meant so much to her. And I was like giving away bats and things like that. Cause I'm like, you know, we have bats coming out of our locker. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. These, these yeah. other teams are, they don't have a lot, you know what I mean? So, um, I'm just really big on giving back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so back to ASU, what, uh, what do you remember about arriving the freshman year? It was hot. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> uh, I remember, Funny story about my dad. This guy, he's hilarious. Um, I'm, we're moving into my dorm. It's the middle of August. It's extremely hot. That's one of the worst times of the year to be in Arizona. It was like 118, I believe. Holy cow. And um, for some reason, the elevators weren't working in the dorms. It just happened to be that day. And <laughs> my family's like looking at me like, Amber, like, are you serious? Kind of thing. And uh, I remember we're carrying my boxes up to my room. And my dad, tur- he stops, he turns to me and he goes, are you sure you want to go here? And I'm like, dad, <laughs> uh, yes, I want to be here. We're moving into my dorm, dad. Like, yes, I want to be here. And he was like, it's just really hot out here. I'm like, yeah. 
So that's like one of my first memories of like being a freshman at ASU with my dad, like just double checking, you know, we're already there. Yeah. Just double checking that I wanted to be there. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Typical dad. Though. Typical dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was there uh, like, you know, was there a big adjustment for you being away from home? Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, I my family's really small where it's a tight knit group and I was very homesick. I remember like wanting to fly home every other week. And <laughs> luckily, my parents did that. You know, they allowed me to come home. I, I struggled my first semester just being away. You know, I'm just used to them always being there, you know, so mm. it was like, granted, I'm not very far. I'm six hour drive, 45 minute flight away, but just not just getting used to not having my family around me every day was really, really tough. And, um, so yeah, I was very homesick my first semester. Yeah. And plus you guys don't start season until February. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, you, you're not exactly in season form, so you'd have a lot more downtime than normal. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, one question that I love to ask all my NCAA guests that are on, uh, do you remember your first game? I do. Western Michigan? Yes, I remember it. And I remember that I hit a home run my second at bat. Ha ha. Three for four. (laughs) Three for four. Yeah. Ten ten nothing (laughs) win. That's hey, what a debut for a freshman. What? I didn't know I was three for four. That's really cool. Thank you. (laughs) I do remember, I do remember the first home run though. That was really special. I remember I got out my first at bat because I was shaking. I remember I was (laughs) I was in the I was in the four hole and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a freshman. I'm hitting in the four hole for ASU coming off a national championship last year. I'm freaking out. And I remember I got out my first at bat and I was like, okay, I touched it. I put it in play. And after that, I was just, I was comfortable. Nice. So yeah, once I get comfortable, it's, watch it's out. tough for everyone else. Watch yeah. out, watch <laughs> out. Now, of course, you guys made the run to Women's College World Series that freshman season. Yeah. Uh, Walk us through that regional, super regionals against Louisiana, because you guys dropped that first game 6 nothing, but then come back and win the next two to advance. Uh, can you remember what was said after that first game at all? Oh, my gosh. I can imagine Coach wasn't happy. Um, <laughs> Coach <Myers>. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably not happy, but he never... What I remember about Coach is, like, there was always tough love. It was like, you know, we can be better, and... What's what was always cool about coach too was that he owned up to his mistakes as well. He's like, you know what? I wasn't the best coach today. We didn't play our best softball today, but tomorrow we're gonna be better. So it wasn't like he chewed us out and kind of we left feeling bad. It was more like, you know what, we're gonna go get him. We're gonna take two. Right. So there was never a doubt, even us losing game one, six zero, that we weren't gonna come back and win two. Right. So um that's that's what I remember about coach just in general. He he never gave up on us. He always instilled that confidence in us that we could do it. Yep. It's the makings of a great coach right there. Uh, um, I mean, I, I, past guests I've had on here, you know, that have played in the Women's College World Series said that, you know, once you step on the field there in OKC, it's a totally diff- different atmosphere. Would you say oh the same God. thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. I um, had chills, you know, because it, it's like the eight-year-old inside you comes out, you know, like your dreams are essentially you're living your dream because as a, a softball player, that's the goal. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, we do have pro leagues and, and things like that, but the dream is to play at the women's college world series, you know? And so when you step on that field, you just feel that, I mean, the energy inside that stadium is unmatched and it's even grown so much more. Now there's more seating and, and things like that and more coverage. But mm-hmm. I mean, I just remember just being so excited and just, just thankful for the moment. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, now it's, it's massive. And I love this. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> the numbers, like the TV ratings they're getting, like, it's insane. Like it, here's one thing that like, I'm on a side tangent here, but uh, if uh, you know, they're, they're drawing over a million viewers on TV right now on right. ESPN and stuff. I can't believe like, like they've only shown two national games with ABC, like with those numbers, I'd be like, if I'm, if I'm having a national television, you know, deal, I, I'd want women's softball on my station to get that viewership. <laughs> yes. 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 I, I think I saw something like the women's college world series is like the second or third mo- most viewed sporting event or something like that. Someone told me that the other day and I was like, I believe it. Yes. I mean, that, that's the best softball in the world, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, what was my, oh, I see, I went off on a little side tangent and I was like, ah, <laughs> getting a little sidetracked here. Um, what would you say was, uh, your biggest takeaway from that freshman season? I needed to get better. Yeah. Um, I, I struggled a lot mentally, you know, the PAC 12 is a very prestigious conference and, you know, some of the best players have come out of that conference. And I remember another side story for you. Um, I almost, we played at the university of Oregon and, um, they had a pitcher, Jessica Moore, all American through like a 72 mile per hour drop ball. She was tough. Wow. And I remember my freshman year, she struck me out every time. And I remember walking off the field at Oregon and, I told my mom, like, I'm done. I'm quitting. And um, I'm not good enough to do this. This is, you know, I don't think I'm meant to be here. You know, I'm not going to be able to compete with these girls. And and I kind of had a moment where I kind of hit rock bottom. And it was, I mean, obviously I failed, but I'd never failed like that. And so, um, you know, and guess who our opening game was at the World Series? Oregon. Yeah. Guess who's pitching? Jessica Moore. <laughs> um, but I hit her. I, had, I hit a double that day. So I did get better. Um, but I just remember, like, after freshman season ended, I was like, okay, I need to work. And, yeah. you know, when I got home from the world series, I was like, dad, let's get in the cage. I want to grind it out. I'm, I struggled with this pitch and I grinded it out over the summer and I came back with like 20 pounds lighter. So I just really, I really just wanted to get better. I, I wanted to do a lot better for my team. Nice. Now, do you, do you think that's something that's overlooked a lot by, by athletes right now is the mental side of the game? 100%. Yeah. I think, you know, that's what makes players great. I mean, I think there are so many skilled athletes in the world um, with the same skill set, but what sets them apart from others is how mentally tough they are. Mm. So I think men- the mental side of the game is is everything, yep. truly. Honestly, you have to have a good swing, and I get that. But the mental side is what really takes you to the next level. Right on. Now, you go on to have an amazing career at ASU, winning numerous awards, planting your name amongst the, the best in ASU history in a number of categories. Um what are some of the memories that stick out for you from your time there? Oh man. Um, I, you know, advancing to the women's college world series the first time, um, that was something that I'll always remember. Mm. Um, being an, named an all American my sophomore year, another eight year old Amber coming out again. That's my dream too, to be an all American, um, Pac-12 player of the year. My sophomore year was like, it was almost like me really like, you know, it was one of those moments like, wow, you guys picked me kind of thing, yeah. you know? So, um, and just, I think being with my teammates, it just always, I just have so many funny memories with them and, you know, moments in game, you know, moments where I wasn't the hero, but I was so fired up for my teammate who was the hero. Um, just so just a lot of the in game experiences and we just loved playing the game and we loved playing with each other. 
So I think, you know, aside from the individual accolades, like I remember, remember the team stuff more. Right. Right. Well, that's something that I think a lot of people do, right? You know, especially, Mm -hmm. especially being that high of a caliber of, of an athlete. I mean, that's something and being, I guess, you know, as a, I mean, look at you now, you know, a leader, you know, your head coach and stuff. That's something that I think a lot of people love when they're in that situation and look back, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Now, during your time at ASU, you actually got to join the U.S. national team, didn't you? I did. Now, that had to be <laughs> like, that had to be one of those dreams where you're like, wow. <laughs> Yes. Another moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) again, young Amber's coming out, like so excited. It it, honestly, such an honor. Um, I just wore that Jersey with so much pride. I, you know, to represent your country, there's nothing, there's nothing like it, you know, because Mm. you're playing for something so much bigger than yourself. And so playing on the national team is definitely a top five memory for me. And just in my college, I mean, in my career in general, Mm. and I, some of the best players in the world, you know, and I actually, I learned so much. And so, yeah, that experience in itself was amazing. Yeah. There's probably nothing like it to represent your country, you know, for for you to put on the red, white, and blue. I mean, that had must've been amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, of course, doing my research, (laughs) I came across that in 2017, you got your master of arts in elementary education. Yes. While you were teaching third grade. Yes. What? <laughs> That's incredible. Thank you. Did you sleep? Uh, yeah. Did you sleep at all during this time? Um, not a lot. <laughs> uh, it was really challenging. Um, one thing about myself is I love the challenge and I actually thrive when I have a challenge and a goal. And um, there was such a shortage in teachers in Arizona. I mean, everywhere, but hmm. in Arizona especially. And so um, the school districts kind of partnered with ASU, like, you know what, we're, we're going to give your students a classroom if they want to teach and learn at the same time. And so that's what I did for a year. I, I inherited a classroom and would teach during the day and then go to my master's classes at night. And, um, I loved it. I loved, you know, I'm a teacher at heart. And so I just love being around people and teaching and helping them grow. So yeah, I was an elementary school teacher. A lot of people think that's funny. (laughs) It must have been very rewarding though. It it was. And you know, the best part about it for me is when you see that light bulb go off, you know, for a kid when they finally understand something or answer a problem correctly. And so, yeah, that's what brought me so much joy was just like helping them achieve their goal of answering something correctly or, you know, doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. That'd be amazing for sure. Um, so how did the jump into coaching come about? Um, once again, I got homesick <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay, I've been in Arizona for six years. It's still really hot out here. I miss home. I, I miss the beach. I miss Orange County. And so I called my dad one day. I'm like, you know what, dad, I'm ready to come home. And he said, okay, so what are we going to do? And I, and he was like, you know, there's this facility for sale, like, would you want to do that? You know, you want to get back into softball, you miss it. And I was like, yes. And so that's where my first facility came about the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, we opened up in January of 2018. Um, 
And I haven't looked back from coaching since then. So yeah, that's what kind of jumpstarted me getting into lessons and then getting into travel ball and then propelling me to college coaching. Right on, right on. Now, before we get to Amber Freeman softball, I want to ask about, uh, (laughs) about Vanguard, uh, how you liking it? I love it. Um, I'm just so grateful. They hired me young and they hired me with very little experience. I mean, the experience that I had was coaching 18U travel ball softball. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just forever grateful for Jeff Bissell, my athletic director, because he took a chance on me. And, you know, I know that was probably a hard decision for him, but he saw something in me and, and gave me the green light to lead this program. And so I'm, I'm very grateful to him because I, I know that that is comes few and far between. You know, having little to no experience and being so young to being named the leader of the program. So, yes. Right on. So do you do you live close to the university? Yes, I live about uh, 12 minutes away. Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm right. I live in Huntington Beach. Um, Vanguard is in Costa Mesa. Uh, so it's about a 12 minute drive. So it's it's very, very close. Awesome. I'm very lucky. <laughs> that's, that's great. Not much of a commute at all. Yes. Um. So. Before we jump into the final segment, I got to, uh, of course, ask about Amber Freeman softball and what okay. what all that entails. Tell us about it. Oh, it's it's kind of just like my philosophy on teaching the game. Um, I'm big on empowering women and um, making young women feel like they can do whatever it is that they want to do in life. And so for me, it's it's more than just softball. It's more than just teaching skill. It's more of, you know, giving these women the confidence to be whoever they want to be. And so that's why I created my brand, A Freeman Softball, um, because of just my love for the game, one, but two, my love for inspiring others. And so that's kind of my brand and why I do what I do. Nice. Nice. So 1% better every day. Yes. Great. <laughs> Fantastic model, by the way. How did yeah. uh, how'd that originate? Okay. I heard that when I was the Batgirl for UCLA. Oh, beautiful. It all comes around. Yes. Yeah. So it's pretty <laughs> full school. I mean, one thing, um, coach puppy, uh, she was Sue Enquist's assistant and now she's at Cal Poly slow. Um, we still have a great relationship and I just remember them like talking about, um, just getting 1% better every single day and just trying to be in the top third. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Trying to be elite. And so that just, granted I didn't go to UCLA, but that's something that stuck with me throughout my career. So every time I got in the cage or I was, you know, training, I just wanted to get a little bit better every single day. So that's why I decided to bring that slogan to my, my company Yeah, of getting 1% better. Yes. Absolutely. And the thing, like, I mean, you, you say 1% better every day. Some people will be like, well, that doesn't seem like much, but I mean, you yep. add that up over, you know, the course of yes. a lot of days. Hey, you get a lot better. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my my math is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh where can people find you if they if they want to learn more? I my I have a, a facility in Fountain Valley, California. So again in the heart of Orange County. Um so I do lessons there. I do um you know, I go out to some travel teams and help out as well. So everything I do is centered in Orange County. Nice. Okay. So any of, any of our listeners here, which actually my our biggest uh, listener base in the U.S. is California. So awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, if you if you want to get better, check out Amber. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so we have a, a little thing that I like to end the podcast with. I call it uh, player association. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna throw some names to you. 
Okay. You can say as much about them or as little. If you have any good, funny stories, let, okay. l- let them fly. Okay. All right. First one is uh, Sierra Rodriguez. Oh, my gosh. The, one of the sweetest teammates I've ever had. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, uh, she came in as a transfer um, and we had a group of four. We called each other uh, the core four um, in our class. And she joined that group and she was phenomenal. Phenomenal teammate. Phenomenal human. Um, genuinely just a beautiful soul. So great, great human being. Love her. Awesome. Uh, next is Allie Butterfield or Allie Bubnick. <laughs> Butters. Uh, just saw her two weeks ago uh, when I went to Supers in Tempe and we never skipped a beat. Honestly, one of the funniest, weirdest people I've ever met. Uh, <laughs> I have so many funny stories about Allie. Just She's just authentically herself. And that's what I've always loved about Allie. And so when she came to ASU, I kind of took her under my wing. Um, she was a, a class below me, but we have so many, so many funny stories with Allie. So oh. always catch her dancing, making a joke, making a silly face. That is Allie Butterfield. That's the best. <laughs> Anytime you can have a friend that's, you know, funny and weird. Like, yes, <laughs> you, can't, Super weird. you can't go Super wrong weird. with them. <laughs> but she owns it and I love her for it. That's and, awesome. you know, like I said, I saw her two weeks ago and it was like we were the same people at ASU. And I love that. That's fantastic. So, oh, but you just said you went to Super Regionals. I'm, I'm sidetracking here. How was that? Amazing. I mean, it, it's been so great to see what coach Ford did at Arizona state, because when coach Myers left, we had some years where we had really fallen off. And so just to see her rebuilding the program was amazing. And it was really special to be on the other side of, you know, being, being the alumni, just trying to cheer on the team and and pick them up. So it was really cool to just, um, connect with a lot of alumni. A lot of us came back and we sat in the front and we were a little rowdy and, you know, it was, it was a good time. I, I loved the experience of awesome. being on the other side. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, two more here. Uh, friend of the show. We had her on a few weeks ago, Courtney Gano. Oh my gosh. How'd you know? Um, honestly, one of my very best friends, um, Courtney and I met when we were 14. Uh, we played on the Corona angels together and, um, we have not skipped a beat. So we've been, we always talk about, wow, we've been friends for over a decade. Like that's crazy. And we are the same people. And I actually just went up to Seattle uh, last month and visited her and her son, Greggy. Greggy, what a guy. Uh, those are my people through and through. Yes. I, I can't tell you enough how much I love Courtney and her family and how that is my person. So Courtney Gano, I love you. And you know that. <laughs> can, can you tell me about the world's biggest bite at Chipotle's? Oh my gosh, I was going to bring that up. (laughs) I was going to bring that up, but I was like, I don't know if that's weird or not, but I actually watched the video. So Courtney and I were always, we'd have practice forever, six hour practices. And we'd be like, okay, what are we eating today? That was like our thing to do. What are we eating? So we went to one time after practice, we went to Chipotle and I would always film funny videos of Courtney being weird because she was just so funny. And she, we did the world's best bite. And I watched the video of us like last week and I still think it's funny. So I am crying that she brought that up to you. That is hilarious. She, uh, I, I, I actually, I texted her today. I'm like, I said, Court, do you have anything on Amber? I need something funny. And that's what she, she brought that up. So. World's best, biggest bite. Oh, that's yep. amazing. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, Last, but certainly not least, Natasha Wally. My big sister. Um, like I said earlier, she she changed my life. And 
I, I tell her that I, I like to remind her every couple years that she changed my life. And, um, she always gets, she's always like, Oh, Amber, like she's just one of the most humble superstars I've ever met. And to this day you can meet Natasha and you'll, the, she's so humble and she's done so much in this game and mm. it's just amazing to see. And, you know, I just went to her baby shower a couple months ago and now she's a mom. And so it's just been really cool to just be like, her little sister watching her grow. And I'm sure it's the same on her end too. But like I said, she was one of the biggest reasons why I chose to pursue softball because she made me believe I could do it. And she gave me confidence and, you know, and she's a great, she's one of the goats. Yeah. If, if you don't know who Natasha Watley is, I mean, do your homework. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Um, yeah. 100% changed my life and awesome. changed my view on the game. That's awesome. I, I I would love to sit down and talk to Natasha on here. I mean, that would be such oh, a fantastic a, interview. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She yeah. was great. She, it's, it's on my bucket list. It's on, I'm writing it down. <laughs> you know what? I'll, help, I'll help connect you with her. Oh, I got you. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm holding you to that, Amber. Yes. <laughs> anyway, listen, I got to thank you for coming on. You know, this has been awesome. Uh, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while now. I would follow on, on social media and stuff. And, you know, that's the thing. Once I, I, you know, get that follow, I, I, you know, I do my research and as soon as I saw <laughs> what, what, what you accomplished and everything in the game, I was like, I have to talk to her. And, and I'm so happy that you came on to do so. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I love just talking about experiences and sharing what I've learned throughout the game. And so I appreciate you having me. It's been really fun to kind of talk about memories and, and past things. It's, it's made me laugh because I've had some really great experiences through softball. Absolutely. Uh, best of luck at uh, Vanguard and of course with uh, Amber Freeman softball. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, Amber. Yo, I finally got the truth from ya It took a bit, y'all recognize wow. The classified was never one to mess around with lies huh. It ain't my nature, total behavior Be opposite, dropping it I'll be the dopest MC rockin' it Compose your tracks, got your mind in the days And got you wondering how I can flip it every which way Lots of practice Hey yo, class brings tactics That make you bounce around like you and your girl on the mattress Son, I'll stop you in your track with your weak style And you can speak foul, but can you really freak foul? Too many MCs on the mic sound the same It's kinda Funny though, cause they're the ones that found the fame So what's I say, about the world and the music business I guess it's all about the bank and how much money's in it And half-life is like half-broke I gotta work the nine to five to put my own records out It ain't a problem, yo, keeps me focused on the mic It makes my skills tight, it feels right to shake the light So I'ma break it for the million MCs speaking raps They never see no money, no fame or no contract And yo, you know most of us won't See a million bucks, most of us will end up broke To me, that's what it ain't about Yo, I live for it. Hip hop, what's the best you can give for it? What you take me for?
your son Another ten minute rapper We're only in the game because it's friends in it Blast your weapons that leave your brain intoxicated If duplicated, I must start this off and instigated So watch yourself, or catch a lyric to that dome in seconds I use my microphone to tear MCs apart in sections I use my mind to amplify the situation needed And put them all together when my destination meet it And now I'm at the spot for sure convinced that it was never both shocking it All about rocking it and dropping it From late at night to early morning Rappers on the mic when DJs focus on the core And change, it's got my mental doing flips You come and do this thing, think it's easy, y'all can do this So put the mic down, let an empty like me kick it Flip it, rip it, that's how I hit it, ha! Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted? Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902 902- 499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.